Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest Ask the Minister with the Friendships and Skills Minister, Gillian Keegan. Thank you very much for joining us again, Minister. Thanks very much, Julia. Thanks for inviting me once again. And uh, we shall move straight into questions. Last week, of course, was results week. Do you think enough attention was paid to vocational results as opposed to A-levels and GCSEs? Well, I think it's definitely getting better. Um, I mean, we were we were all here for the for the full week, um, and there was lots of media uh, interest. And and actually, I think this is the first, like the second year that we've aligned both the A levels and GCSEs with level three and level two uh, vocational and technical qualifications. And I think that's actually helped because we did have even on Radio Four, the Today program, there was a. E-tech student as well as an A-level student, and I did lots of media appearances, as did my colleagues, and there was discussion about apprenticeships, vocational routes, technical education, even T-levels. So um, I do think that it's helpful because all of these things are now discussed on one day, um, and I think it has, you know, there's a lot more awareness now of technical um, and vocational education, and there's also a lot more awareness of apprenticeships and and higher level apprenticeships as well. So I think it's improving. And almost 500,000 people got BTEC results last week at, at level two and level three. Why scrap a qualification six million people have done over the last 10 years? Well, including me, if you go back even further, they've been going for a long, long, long time. Um, I think, I mean, the key thing is, obviously, this stems from the from a number of reviews that happened you know, way before I was in this role, but uh, I think the first one was with the Wolf Review in 2011. And there it was found that the content of our technical qualifications were not really valued by employers. And as a result of that, actually 90% of the vocational qualifications at uh, Key Stage 4 were actually taken out of the performance tables. And obviously they were still funded, but they were uh, removed from the performance tables. And then obviously we had the Sainsbury Review, which was set up in... 2015 and delivered in 2016. And that was really to advise how to improve the technical education system and make it fit for the 21st century. Uh, but I think the most important thing is we really do need to have an employer-led system. And we need an organic system that keeps up to date in a high-tech, fast-moving world, which I've worked in actually for the past 20 years. And we need to make sure our young people are equipped with the latest in technical and vocational qualifications that are really, really valued by businesses and, and, and just make sure that disconnect is, 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 is basically uh, solved. So, you know, that's that's really what's at the heart of it. You know, we're doing this to make sure that everybody has a really great high quality qualification that's really valuable to businesses, which have changed over the last 10 years, the period of time that you talk about. Um, and, and, you know, we've also talked about streamlining the system, making it much more coherent and making the progression between all of the routes much clearer as well. So um, that's why we are moving to basically look at what we fund, what we don't fund. But of course, we've done that in consultation. We've had a number of consultations. We haven't just come up with this. Um, you know, we obviously talk to employers a lot as well. We've, we've published our response to the second consultation. We listen to views to you know, to, to strengthen and simplify the system, but uh, also which ones should sit alongside A-levels and T-levels. So we have we have listened, but the most important thing is to make sure we have a high quality academic and technical routes that everybody clearly understands and really are valued by employers. Now, to mark results week, the Education Secretary talked about the high quality post 16 options that exist now. But many in the sector then responded saying that options like apprenticeships need well-funded incentives. 
Do you agree with that? Well, first of all, before going on to that, let's just talk about T-levels, because that's actually one of the things that we have invested in, and we spent a lot of money on developing them. They've been developed with 250 employers, including really um, you know, well-known names, Fujitsu, AstraZeneca, obviously everybody knows AstraZeneca now, Amazon UK, EDF, GSK, ITV, Accenture. I mean, a whole host of really, uh, really good uh, employers who've worked with us to develop and design these qualifications um, to make sure that they are indeed what businesses need. And of course, they're a new option that is being rolled out and we're rolling out to, um, they'll be available in 10 subjects to uh, by about 100 providers. Uh, so we're really rolling those out. So we'll be in the second year rolling those out this September. And that investment has been quite considerable and the time we've taken and the rigour of those uh, T-levels. And of course, that's a brand new option that's available to everybody. Uh, but in terms of um, the incentives for apprenticeships, um, I, don't, I don't think so, because we've had 80,000 employers actually apply um, for these incentives, and they seem to have done a really good job. And they also seem to have really been um, quite focused, the employers quite focused on young people as well. So actually, we're really pleased with the way that those incentives have encouraged business. Let's be honest, in a period of great uncertainty, they have encouraged businesses to come forward and take on uh, an apprentice and take on young uh, apprentices and give them an opportunity as well. And of course, you know, they're a fantastic way to develop the skills pipeline. And that's the thing that we know, despite all of the disruption, we know before we started this pandemic, we had massive skills shortages. We also know as we come out of it and we start to grow back and recover, we also will have massive and growing skills shortages. And many, many businesses I speak to are really aware of that. And they're aware that actually the best way for them to, uh, to work to, to, you know, to develop their talent pipeline is to work with us on T-levels, work with us on um, even, even looking at careers and, and trying to talk to young people about all the careers options there are and also work with us on apprenticeships. So uh, that's what we're doing. And, and I think that's, it's been a great success personally. So you mentioned T-levels already, uh, and there will be more T-levels introduced from the autumn. Um, when we looked at data from last year, the first three T-levels had very significant gender gaps in terms of enrollment. How do we make sure that going forward, all T-levels attract everyone? Yeah, I, and I think that's true. And, you know, it, it is still, I think we always say this, don't we? But, you know, why is it that we find it hard to attract girls to engineering or to, to more technical subjects? Now, it has started to improve. Um, it has started to improve at, uh, you know, various GCSE and various A-levels as well. Um, but I think one of the key things that we can do is really to continue to roll out the careers hubs and give young people the opportunity to see the world of work, to see all the type of careers that are available. I think most people, I think there's too many sort of old misconceptions about what careers there are in certain industries and the qualifications and how they match onto and map onto those careers. So I really think strengthening the basic clause, which we're going to consult on, but also really that, that careers pillar in, um, in the white paper is quite important because it's, it still astonishes me, um, having not long left the world of work and obviously still, um, well, I still invest in businesses indeed, so I still understand it quite well, uh, how much... Um, you know, people have a, a misconception about the type of jobs and the type of careers that are out there. So I'm very keen that we do that. It's, it's been a bit better in construction, uh, but we did find education, childcare, largely females, 
digital, more uh, males than females by quite a long way. So we're just going to have to keep raising awarenesses. And as soon as people can link them through to jobs and the type of careers, and they see those kind of careers, I think that will open up a new world to most young people. It's now not long until the new college term starts. Has enough been done, do you think, to make sure that colleges can be COVID safe places? So I think they have been. I mean, colleges have done an outstanding job, actually, um, at making sure that they're safe. Obviously, they've been, you know, they've been clean. They've had all the sanitization, all the social distancing and all of those rules. Obviously, they were uh, set up testing when we went back uh, on March the 8th. Um, and they really have uh, done a brilliant job, actually, looking at college attendance. You know, it, it still re- remained pretty high. Um, So they did, I think, a really, really good job. Obviously, now with step four, a lot of the restrictions in all parts of society, including colleges, have, um, you know, have been lifted and that's going to make it a lot easier. But they will still be testing the first uh, couple of weeks. And of course, they will also be uh, maintaining all those uh, cleanliness regimes. And, um, you know, obviously, there's also some ventilation pilots that are being done and air purifying pilots. So we'll see what we can learn from those and of course the big news that's also changed is the 16 and 17 year olds being jabbed which uh, also makes a difference to a lot of the uh, college population. Will that make a big difference do you think? Yeah I think it will make a difference because I mean the biggest impact is that they won't miss out on education. I mean obviously we've changed the rules now in terms of who needs to self-isolate if you're pinged etc and if you've been double jabbed if you're over 18 uh, and a half, or if you've been single jabbed, if you're 16, 17, obviously, then you won't have to. So I think, it, yeah, I think it makes a, a big difference because we saw towards the end of the last term, there were quite large numbers, particularly as the Delta variants was uh, was um, going through the younger population. They were having quite a big impact on education. So that's why the JCBI actually made the decision to uh, jab 16 and 17 year olds and recommend it because, you know, unless they test positive now, they will still be able to be in education and not have to isolate in bubbles or in in groups. And obviously a lot of people got their results last week. And, you know, as you're saying, coronavirus restrictions have been lifted uh, almost everywhere now. Um, So what would you say to young people and also older learners who are considering their options and are considering where to go from here? Well, I think the first thing to say is there has never been more choice and more really high quality options than you have today. I mean, we have 625 apprenticeship standards. I think if I'm right in saying since about a year ago, we've had a new 83, something like that. So many more careers, even in the last year, which are now accessible um, via apprenticeships. And that's uh, right the way up to degree and master's degree level. But of course, on time, and in fact, if you go on to find an apprenticeship today, you'll find there's 10,000 vacancies. So at all levels. Um, so, you know, there, there's many, many more options than there were, you know, five or 10 years ago since our reform to the apprenticeship system. But of course, you do also have T-levels we've talked about. And then you mentioned older learners as well. You know, obviously, with the lifetime skills guarantee, which is April this year, we've got another 400 plus courses that are accessible. Uh, We've got a a, a new digital entitlement as well. And of course, we've got skills boot camps, which I'm really excited about in terms of filling those skills gaps and providing real opportunity to those that want to retrain or older learners that perhaps didn't get the shot at a career first time round can now get a shot at a career. So there's many, many more options, a big investment. This is a huge area of investment. But most importantly, there's going to be many skills shortages. So if you study things that are highly valued, 
by employers and you can see them in, in many, many different areas. They're not just a few areas, they're many. Then, you know, you're highly valuable to employers. So uh, I think, you know, these great options could lead you, will lead you into fantastic uh, career options. Thank you very much, Minister. And thanks once again for taking the time. Well, thank you, Julia. And can I just say it's been, well, we're very uh, uh, sad to uh, not be able to do this uh, again. And it's been a real pleasure, A, getting to know you and also doing these interviews, but also learning a lot from you as well. You've been a long time uh, in the FE uh, world and FE space. And, uh, we, uh, you know, I know many in the sector very much appreciate all the work that you've done. And we look forward to seeing you in some other guys very soon. But thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you very much.